gave me a word for this church, and I want to share it with you. So grab your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Joshua 1. I know most of you know this scripture, but I'm going to read it to you, and this is where the Lord led me for this morning. Joshua 1. How many of you, this is the first time you've ever heard me minister? Any of you? Okay, a few of you. Some of my old jokes might work. Um, so, so, it's always nice to know. So um, this, is, uh, this is Joshua 1. Let's just read this first and then we'll back up a bit. So Joshua 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this. This book of the law, um, and you can actually say, they're saying book of the law, you can actually say the word of God now. They had the, they had the uh, first five books of the Bible. We actually have the whole Bible now. So, so this word of God, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is a powerful word. Let me tell you, this is, this is something we need to get a hold of. The, the, uh, there's almost like a parallel New Testament verse for this. You don't have to turn there, but in James 1, verse 25, James 1, verse 25, is very similar to Joshua 1, 8. It says, but he who looks into this perfect law of liberty, again, talking about the word of God, he who looks into this perfect law of liberty and continues in it, doesn't just read it. You know, um, James 1 talks about how you, we shouldn't hear the word and then we forget it, you know, don't do the word. If we hear the word and don't do it, then we're deceiving ourselves. And in this church, you're going to get the word of God. So you're going to hear the word. It's up to you if you do it or not, though. So James 1.25, and continues in it, and he's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in all what he does. So here's the deal. It's on us to make our way successful. God has already done everything we need to live a victorious life. God's already done everything. Jesus Christ came down 2,000 years ago. I like to put it this way. Jesus really was grace personified. Jesus came down and actually took our place and actually lived a life and, and actually went to the cross and he took on our sin. Every sin you've ever committed, past, present or future, Jesus took it upon himself. It said on the cross, 1 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about how he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Now, that means that Jesus on the cross, he never sinned. He was perfect. But on the cross, all of our sin entered him. And then we took his righteousness. He took our sin and shortcomings. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes we are healed. Meaning this, he took pain in his body. He took on that pain in his body so that we don't have to. He took our pain and sickness and diseases. And we took his health and wholeness. It's a great exchange. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says that, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, yet though he was rich, Jesus was rich in heaven, he was rich on earth, yet on the cross he, he became poor. It says, for our sakes he became poor. Why? So that us through his poverty might be made rich. So he took on, any time you have lack in your finances, any time you have any type of poverty, any type of lack in your finances, he took that on so that we could take on his riches. And let me just say this, I'm not preaching this today, but let me just say this if it offends you. The purpose of prosperity doesn't just end with us. If you think the purpose of prosperity is about you getting more stuff, then you've missed it. The purpose of prosperity is God loves us and he wants to bless us, yes, and meet our needs, but he also wants us to be able to give to others and extend his covenant. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, so these are all financial verses in context. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, For God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have an all-sufficiency in all things, meaning that God wants to supply your needs all the time, but I'm just in there. 
You may abound to every good work, or you may have an abundance of every good work. Meaning this, you can always have extra to be able to give. So, you know, the other way of putting it is Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18, God says, for I've given you the power to get wealth. And why is that? So we can just keep lavishing on ourselves? No, so that he can establish his covenant. So we can share the good news. We can change Gastonia with the good news by doing things like putting in playgrounds, by doing things. Wouldn't it be great to just, if the, if the city needs something, say, hey, Freedom Gastonia will take care of that. No problem. Wouldn't that be great? And you know what? When we start blessing, you see, see in Genesis 12, it says, I'm going to bless you and make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing. Well, I believe that as God's blessed Freedom Gastonia, he's going to make this name great because it's glorifying to him. And we're going to be a blessing in the community. And then people remember, Freedom Gastonia, that's that church that gave us this. That's that church that took care of this. That's that church that helped with this. Come on. And that's how a name is made great, if you like, because it's actually making a difference in the community. It's not going to just end in Gastonia or Gaston County. It's going to actually go on to the North Carolina, to America, and the world, praise God. So I, I love it. So anyway, that's the purpose of prosperity. But my point being this, Jesus paid the price for everything we'll ever need. It's done. You've already got it. You've got everything you need. Anytime you beg God and say, God, please, I need this, I need that. It's okay, but really, a better prayer is to ask the Lord how you can release what you've already got. When you gave your life to Jesus, you've got everything. You've got everything you need to live a victorious life. You might say, actually, you don't understand my situation. I've got this going on in my body, or this going on in my bank account, or this going on in my relationships. I understand that. We have compassion for that. But God has already given you your answer. You will have everything you need in Jesus. If anyone tells you to go anywhere other than Jesus, then you're in trouble. Jesus got it all for you. Now, is there things we can do in the natural course? There's natural things we can do. But don't ever do something as a replacement for God. We always go to God first. Yes. And you know what? God wants us well. God wants us prosperous. God wants us at peace. God wants these things for us. Sometimes it's fine to do some natural things. Sometimes it's fine to do some things. That's okay. But you know what? We always trust in God first. We're never putting our trust in those things. We're not even putting our trust in church. We're not putting our trust in our pastors. We're not putting our trust in our parents, whatever. We're putting our trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. And Jesus will use these things to get things to us, praise God, and help us. So anyway, back to this. So basically, this, this is what he's saying here. He's saying, you know, this book of the law is not going to depart from your mouth. And it, I love how it says it here. It says in the end of verse 8, in Joshua 1, verse 8, it says, You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In James 1, 25, it says, um, this, this one will be blessed in all that he does. God wants to bless us even in these times. Let's back up to Joshua 1. Let's start at verse 2. And I'm going to read this passage in context. So this is Joshua 1, verse 2. What happens is, is Moses died. Now imagine this. Moses died. Moses was their whole life. Like everything, the Israelites were focused on Moses. They, he led them out of Egypt. I mean, he, they loved Moses. This is the, you know, their whole life was centered around Moses. But in Joshua 1, verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. This is a big deal. Moses, my servant, is dead. Everything had changed. What they were used to all their life had now come to a screeching halt and everything had changed. How do you know, at the beginning of 2020, Everything as we know it changed. And everyone kept saying, you know, was it 14 days to flatten the curve? Everyone kept saying, I can't wait to get back to normal. Well, I said pretty much on day one, I went on Facebook at the beginning of March 2020, and I said, guys, the world's not going to go back to normal again. There's going to be a new normal now, but the world's not going to go back to normal. And I said, you know, the world really, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me this word. He said, the world is about to take one big step backwards, but us as the body of Christ, as believers, have the opportunity to take two big steps forward. And I'm telling you, this is a great time to be alive. In fact, let me put it this way. You did not choose when you were born. But the Lord chose you to be born at such a time as this. There's no surprises with the Lord. You know, you might be surprised to your parents. You weren't surprised to God. 
The Lord chose you to be born for such a time as this because he has need of you. The world has need of us. We are blessed that we get to lead in a time of absolute worldwide crisis. And it's a great time to be alive. It's a great, if we have an eternal perspective. So, it says, Moses, my servant, was dead. Everything's changed, you know. Who would have thought, just in this, in this you know, 18 months or coming over two years now, the whole world would be different and everything we do naturally would change. Yeah. Let me give you an example. I never thought I'd have this scenario, but I'm in bed and I get a text message at 6 a.m. And I jump out of bed and I get dressed quickly. Kaiser, what's going on? I've got the text, I've got the text. They're here, they're here. Jumped in the car, drove across town, pulled up into the Walmart parking lot, 6.30, waiting in line to get in with anticipation. It's going to be awesome. They let me in. I go straight down to the toilet paper aisle. <laughs> See, I had a friend who worked at Walmart and he tipped me off. They've just done delivery. You need to get here within the next half an hour before they sell out. And I get to the toilet. Now, now I was expecting to just go and pick myself up some toilet paper. Oh, no, no, no. There was a barricade there, literally. A woman with a clipboard interviewed me for my toilet paper. I'm not exaggerating. I wish I was exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. 6.30 in the morning, people. How many people in your household? I was like five. Have you bought toilet paper here yesterday? I was like, no, no, ma'am, I haven't, no, ma'am. What size do you need? I said, the biggest you got. <laughs> so there's only one per household. Anyway, she finally let me in. I got my 36 pack bounty, or whatever it was, shaman, 36 pack shaman, put that on my shoulder, and I walked out there like I'd won the lottery. I was like, this is awesome. Like, like, like I was truly excited about buying toilet roll. Got home at 7.30. I was like, honey, kids, the world's okay. We have toilet paper again. Because <laughs> what we'd done is we'd run out. So I got, the, I got the kitchen towel, you know, and just cut it in half with scissors. It's a little rough. I'm just saying, I think it's a little rough. So we were happy to get some shaman back in our life, praise the Lord. <laughs> Who would have thought that would happen? I mean, the world's changed. Let me give you another more serious scenario. We were in Colorado. Our ministry headquarters were in Colorado. And we also have um, offices in South Africa as well. We, we, we serve Africa. We're on television there daily on TBN and stuff. So we have offices and staff in Africa. But our main offices and our main staff are in, in Colorado Springs. So I was in a meeting in Colorado Springs. And in this meeting, it was just for pastors. And they took temperature checks on the way in. They did social distancing, masks, everything else. This was in 2020. And, and they did everything the, the health organization asked them to do. They did everything right. They had an auditorium of 3,000 people and they had 500 people there. So they had plenty of space for social distancing, but the county mandated they could only have 150 people. Well, they had 500 people. So they actually put the owner of the building, the owner of the ministry, the head of the ministry, under arrest. They actually had a sheriff in the wing. And the sheriff was so gracious that he waited till the conference was over before he served in his papers. But they actually gave him a cease and desist. In America, doing nothing other than preaching the gospel, following every health guideline they gave us, I was in an illegal meeting. If I told you two years ago, I was in an illegal meeting, you thought I would have meant China or, or Russia or somewhere, in America. So the world has changed, can we all agree? The world has completely changed. Here's the deal though, we have to get over it. If we still reminisce and say, you know what, I wish it was like it was. Yeah, well I wish a lot of times things were like it was. I'm about to get on a plane today, and the whole time I'm on the plane, the whole time I'm in the airport, and everything else, I'm gonna have some restrictions on me that are different the normal, normally, I could, normally they give you food and everything, it's great, but now nothing, you don't get nothing on them planes anymore. <laughs> but it's like, you know, and you've got to wear masks and do all these different things and jump through these hoops. I wish things were back to normal, but they're not going to go back to normal overnight. What we have to understand is, is Paul said this, forgetting what's behind me, I press on to the things in front. You are citizens of heaven on loan to the earth. In fact, this is not your real home. 
if you've ever been, a, who's ever been on a mission trip overseas? Anyone been on an overseas mission trip? Okay. When you go on that overseas mission trip, maybe for a week, you don't really, you're not really that concerned about the economy. You're not really that concerned about what's going on because you know that's not your home. You're just visiting. Well, I've got news for you, church. You're just visiting earth. Yes. You're ambassadors here. Your real, your real home is heaven. Yes. And you've got to understand God has need of you here. So if we get so tied up and thinking, oh, I just want it back as it was and everything else, we're going to hinder the work of the Lord in our life. We need to get over it. Paul said, like I said, one thing I, I, I do, forgetting what those things are behind, Philippians 3.13, I push forward, I press forward for the goal of the upward calling uh, that Christ Jesus has on me. And this is what we have to do. We have to understand Moses is dead. Things are different. Everything's changed, but it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be more glorious now than before. If you choose to, you can have more victory, more glory. In fact, so many friends of mine who are of faith and so many churches that we're connected with of faith are actually doing better now than they were before the pandemic because God is glorifying his church. He's glorifying his body. And actual fact, there's more opportunity. There's more, there's more opportunity in business. There's more opportunity for, for evangelism. There's more opportunity in the church. There's more opportunity now than ever if we choose to see it. The next thing I've got here, verse 2. We're in, we're in Joshua 1, uh, verse, verse 2. The end of verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is now dead. Now therefore, so because Moses is dead, because everything's changed, it says, now therefore, arise. Arise. Joshua 1, verse 2, it says, arise. We've got to actually understand that God has need of us to actually arise and actually lead yeah. in these times. And now, now, I haven't got time to balance this all out. I'm not talking about works. I'm not talking about trying to earn anything. No, God loves you. You don't have to do one other thing for God. Yeah. You don't have to do anything for God. His, his love is not going to change for you. You, could, you, you know what, you don't have to do anything. His love's change, he's never going to change for you. The question is, are you going to live out everything God's put inside of you? And you know, when it says when you get to um, heaven, he's going to wipe away the tears. I hope it's not because we realise all the opportunities we missed and all the victory we already had that we wasn't living out. I hope it's not because we think, man, we had so much. You gave us everything and we didn't even see it. So I, I really hope that we're going to make the most of this life we have right now because God has need of us. The world has need of us right now. This is like, a, we know when the Titanic went down, when they released the movie Titanic, um, I said to my friend, I'm going to watch that movie Titanic where the boat sinks. He said, oh, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> but, but, but when Titanic went down, you know, um, people got in their lifeboats and then another boat came along, Carpathia, I think it was called, that picked up all those people and saved thousands of people from drowning. The church at the moment is in a Carpathia moment where people's foundations have, have gone. People who trusted in their, in their jobs, in their businesses, people who trusted in their government, people who trusted in, in their natural things, their foundations have been stripped away and now they're looking for hope. And I mean to tell you, church, you know, we won't have to knock on their doors so much. They're going to knock on our doors and say, take me to your leader. Well, how comes you're in peace? How comes you're not, you're not in fear? How comes you're being provided for? How comes you're being protected? How comes you're believing these things? The reason is, is because we've got a higher calling. Our focus is on Jesus, not on this world. There's only one rock, okay? There's only one foundation, firm foundation, and that's the Lord. There's no other foundation that we can build our life on. And any time we build our life on anything other than Jesus, we're going to get shaken. Imagine this, you know, the, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? He dug down. Anything you build outside of Jesus is like building on sand. Eventually it's going to go down. Eventually it's not going to, it's not going to last. We have to build everything in our lives on Jesus. And how do you do that? Well, you take the word of God. You, you, you commune with Jesus. You make sure that you're, you're making decisions that are godly. But we need to arise. God wants us to arise. Um, he says, go to the land. I'm in Joshua 1, 2 still. Go to the land I'm giving them. God's already given us this land. Grace has provided everything for us. Anything you need 
Whatever it is, God's already provided for you. Verse 3, every place that you tread your foot, I've given you. Every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, I've given you. So therefore, you can just stand here like this and not get anything. Or if you want to, you can step out by faith. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. You can take a walk, and as you're taking a walk, basically he's saying here, everywhere you put your foot, you're going to own. Meaning this, they could have just stood there and owned nothing, or if they wanted to, they could have taken a step by faith and taken ground for God. We need to take ground for the Lord. If you have, if you have something in your life that's, that's contrary to the Word of God, you say, Lord, I want, I, want, I, want, I want that victory in my life. I don't want to live anymore where I'm not seeing the promises of God manifest in my life. You know, I think it's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20. says, all the promises of God are in Him, yes, and in Him, amen. Why? For, the glory, for His glory. He gets glory when we put demand on the promises of God. He gets glory when you and me believe the Word. I love what we sung in worship today. You know, if He said it, we believe it. It should be as simple as that. If He says it in His Word, we need to believe it and we can have it. We can walk in that. You say, actually, you don't understand. None of my family's ever walked in that type of health. Well, you can change that from right now. You don't understand. The doctor said this, this, and this. Well, I understand doctors, and I appreciate them and everything else, but we have a higher report. That might be a fact, but we have the truth. The fact is, you may have this issue going on. The truth is, Jesus healed you. Well, the banker says, I'll never be able to own my own house. That's a fact. You know, you don't understand my credit score, this, that, and the other. That's a fact. The truth is, praise God, God wants to provide for your needs, and he's going to provide for your needs according to his riches and glory, not according to your bank account. I'm telling you, there's, there's supernatural miracles available for all of us. God wants to get things to us, not from us. And it's so powerful. He says in verse 5, he says, No man will be able to stand before you. God has given you authority. If it's in the word of God, you can have it. And you have authority. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over symptoms. You have authority over poverty. You have authority over confusion and anxiety. You have authority over these things. Verse 6, be strong. The Lord will never tell you to do something he hasn't equipped you to do. So the Lord says to you, be strong. You can be strong. Whatever the circumstance, whatever, regardless of what's going on, you can be strong. You can draw on his strength. He's already given you that strength from the inside and you can be strong. You know, let the weak say, I'm strong. We need to understand that we need to confess that. And you, some of us need to get up in the morning. You know, King David did this all the time. Look in the mirror and say, I am strong. Amen. Praise God. I'm a child of God. God loves me. I'm accepting the beloved. Yeah. You know, he's well pleased with me. I'm prosperous. I'm healthy. I'm a blessing. I've got peace. I've got the mind of Christ. I know what to do. Like I caught myself the other day saying, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't, and I say this a lot. I don't know. It's like, a negative confession. Really, I do know. I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. You pray in the Holy Ghost, God's going to give you the answers. You're going to get, you, you know everything you need to know. Praise God. You have all the answers. You, you know everything. Praise God. So start having that attitude. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. He was emphasizing it here. He was like, be strong. This is only be strong and very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. It reminds me a little bit in Luke 8 when the um, father came to Jesus uh, with the epileptic boy. And Jesus turned to him and said, um, actually it was Jairus' daughter. When Jairus' daughter died, Jesus turned to Jairus and said, only believe. Like he got right in his face. Only, don't you? Don't you go down this fear route. Don't you, start, you know, don't you start pondering all these other things. Only believe. Well, the Lord's saying here, only be strong and very courageous. And you're not going to be able to be strong and very courageous if all you're doing is filling yourselves with unbelief and lies and things like that. Come on. We, probably we won't have time to go there, but I was going to talk about in Timothy, 2 Timothy, it talks about you know, being a soldier, being an athlete, and being a farmer. And a soldier does not get entangled with these things in this world. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2. A farmer does not, a soldier sorry, does not get entangled with these things this, this life. A, a soldier knows that he is part of a bigger movement. He has a job to do. He takes orders. He says, yes, sir. 
you know what? He's part of a, he's part of a group. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is, the church at the moment needs to be an army of God. And if you're not connected to a local, and I'm saying the same things over, I'll say it again. If you're not connected to a good life-giving church, there's, there's never been a more important time to be connected to a good life-giving church. Are there bad churches? Of course there are. Are there bad pastors? Of course there are. Do we just give up on it? No. Are there bad marriages? Yeah, we don't give up on marriage, right? Are there bad parents? Yes, we don't give up on, on, on parenting. We need to plug into a good life-giving church, pastors that are going to love us with like-minded believers. If you're just out there on your own at the moment, you're vulnerable. Make sure you get connected with, with, with like-minded believers. People are going to support you and help you and pray for you and, and pastors you can get advice from and things like that. So we're part of an army. Uh, uh, an athlete... An athlete is very conscious about training for the race, right? An athlete's always very conscious. They're always making sure that they're thinking about the future. They're not just, they're not just living for the moment. An athlete, one thing an athlete does, he has a very strict diet. Think about that. An athlete, if they're just about to go to the Olympics, they're not going to go and eat McDonald's every day and, you know, just eat, uh, you know, 10 pounds of nachos and chips and stuff. They're not going to do that, right? Why? Because they, they know that they've got to have a strict diet in order to perform. Well, I'm telling you, church, again, this is not works, this is not law. Whatever we're putting in is the results we're going to get. What they say in computer terms, garbage in, garbage out. If we sit there, I'm just saying, no one's told me to say this, but I just know a crowd this size, there's going to be some of you. If you sit there and just listen to stuff on social media, or listen to the news, or listen to everything else, you are putting garbage, you're putting a bad diet in you, and then you wonder why you're not, you don't have peace. Or you wonder why you're confused, or you wonder why things aren't working. I'm telling you, Paul gave us a whole recipe of how to have peace in our life. It's found in Philippians 4. Meditate on these things, Philippians 4.8. Don't think upon all these crazy things. Yeah. Don't, don't be meditating on these crazy I'm telling you, yeah. you don't have to go down that road. If you spend all your time just meditating on these things, you're going to get bad results. It's like, if you've got fear, I've got a friend who's, who suffered with fear, well, he watched movies that were suspense movies that made him scared. Don't do that. It's like, don't listen to, and I don't care what news you listen to, most of it is bad news. Doesn't matter what side it is. Most of it's bad news, if not all of it's bad news. So why listen to all that? If something bad happens, like big time, you're going to hear about it. My personally listen to very little news. If you want to listen to the news, you can watch like 10 minutes of news a day, water it down with like an hour of the word, okay? And you might be okay. But, but why, why let that garbage in? Why let that, that, that junk in? You want to have a strict diet and only believe, only be courageous. Make sure you're putting the word in, praise God. Make sure you're reading the good report. It's really going to help you. Amen? Um, so that's my third point, if you're making points. Moses dead, everything's changed, praise God, move on, arise, it's time for us to rise, we're, we're rising from a point of strength. And the third thing I've got here is we need to do the word. It tells us right here in, in Joshua, it says, this book of the law, Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That's a big ask, right? Meditate in it day and night. How can I do that? Well, you can worry day and night. You have a part of your brain that can worry. If you've ever had something going on in your life, an issue, you can actually worry about that. You can do your whole day's job, a whole day's work at your job and still be worrying, right, in the back of your mind. You can be looking after your kids or cooking dinner or driving a car and still be worrying, right? Well, that part of your mind that can worry is actually meant, meant for meditation on the Word of God. So you pick out some scriptures, the scriptures the Lord is speaking to you, and you start meditating on them, and you're driving down the street, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm accepting the beloved. You know what, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know what, no plague comes near my dwelling. You start meditating on these truths. 
I'm prosperous. You know what? I'm a prosperous man. I've got more than enough. I'm a giver, not a taker. You start meditating on these truths. You start taking the word of God and meditating on it. You're going to have godly results. It says right here. It says, then you'll make your way successful. This book of the law, we need to do what the word says. If he said it, we believe it, praise God. We need to do what the word says. I like this in Luke 17, 21. In Luke 17, 21, it says, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. We don't have to go anywhere, it's within us. We have the power of God within us, praise God. Uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, At the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to make sure that we're feeding our hearts, feeding our soul part of us with the truth. You know, your spirit, soul and body, right? So your spirit is already rejoicing. Your spirit, when you got born again, your spirit became just like Jesus. In fact, it's hard to know where Jesus ends and you start in the spirit. I think it's 1 Corinthians 6, says that, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says that we are one spirit of the Lord. One, that's so powerful. When I first heard this, well, this is heresy. But it's true. I said, I said Lord, if you're going to teach me this, I'm going to need some verses on it. Like, I, I'm not sure about this. Because I was quite religious, you know. So he showed me these verses. How many verses do you want? I'll give you a few right here. 1 John 4, 17. As he is, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. In your spirit, you're just like Jesus. Um, John 17, 23. John 17, 23. Jesus praying. He said, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you love them. Talking about us. Exactly, if you study that, it's exactly as you love me. God loves you like he loved Jesus. That's the truth. If you haven't looked at yourself in the mirror lately and said, God loves me. I mean, it's, it's a powerful truth. God loves you. He says uh, in uh, Mark 1.11, he says, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He says that about you. You're his beloved child and in whom he's well pleased. He's well pleased with you. He's pleased with you right now. God is pleased with you. And when we, come, when we start living our lives out of that position of strength, it's amazing. Now we're like, we have a spring in our you know, Whatever happens, God's pleased with me. Whatever happens, God loves me. Whatever happens, I'm accepted. I'm, I'm part of his family, praise God. You start having that attitude, it changes a lot of things. But God gives us instructions. He says, these are the things in the word I need you to do. It's amazing that we don't do those things and then still expect good results. Now God's given us a whole list of things. And it, like I said, it's not works. These are things, it's up to us if we do them or not. But they work. The word of God works. I'm telling you, it will not return void. I'll give an example. At the beginning of this pandemic, um, we have a ministry, you know, we have staff to pay on payroll and everything else. And it was March 2020, and they said, you can't travel anymore. Now, we do this nearly every weekend. We travel to different churches. We hold conferences, camp meetings, healing services, all those types of things. And at March 2020, they said, you can't do any more traveling. You've got, you can't travel anymore. I said, ooh, this is going to be interesting. You have to cancel all of our conferences, cancel all of our church services. So I'm in my home church in Colorado. I said, Lord, what should we do then? What should we do about giving? Because you know? I'm not sure how the income's going to come in. We've got payroll and lots of families to feed and stuff. I said, what should we do? And he said, double your giving. And I was like, I can't hear you, Lord. <laughs> I was like, I don't like that plan. Let me get a second opinion. <laughs> that was the father. Holy Spirit, have you got an opinion? <laughs> so I, said, I said, Lord, I said, double my giving. He said, yeah, double your giving. I said, Lord. Do you know the situation? <laughs> Let me inform you of what's going on here. We can't travel. We don't know how we're going to get income into our ministry. We have all these staff to pay. I think at the time we had seven or eight full-time staff. We've got these staff to pay. We've got bills to pay, television bills and stuff. And you want me to double my giving? See, in the natural, we think, this is just one example. In the natural, we think if we need more money, we've got to hold more, right? A lot of people during this pandemic, this is one of the, one of the worst mistakes you can make. If you made this mistake, there's, you're forgiven, praise God, but you can correct it right now and just start up again. But if you cut back on your giving during this pandemic, that's the worst mistake you can make. Why? Because when you give, you're not, that money's not leaving you, it's actually going to be multiplied back to you. Yeah. So God's never trying to take from us, he's actually trying to get more to us. Yeah. 
So he reminded me of Proverbs 11:24. Proverbs 11:24 says, "There's one who gives liberally, there's one who scatters, yet increases more. Yet there's one who withholds more than is right, and it leads to poverty." So anytime we have lack in our life, me and Kylie do this personally. We do this in our businesses. We do this in our ministry. Anytime we have lack in our life, we think we probably need to give more. Just the other day, we needed an extra fifty thousand dollars in our ministry. We had television bills to pay and some things to pay, and. What did we do? We, our checking account was pretty tight. We have savings, but our checking account was pretty tight. We actually took a special trip, flew down to see a friend of ours who's got an anointing. God told me to do this. Went to his conference for one session, gave him $5,000 offering, and then flew back again. In the natural, that doesn't make sense. We needed $50,000. Well, I don't know what we had in our checking at the time, maybe $10,000. We took $5,000, went and gave it away. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that was on Monday. By Wednesday, two days later, we had an extra $50,000 come in through donations and special gifts. We didn't tell anyone. That's just what happened. God's trying to get more to us. So I said, Lord, do you want me to double my giving? He said, yes. So from March 2020, we started doubling our giving and gave double what we normally give. We already gave good, but we gave double what we normally give. And guess what happened? 2020, we saw the best year financially ever. We launched an online Bible school prior to that. We have nearly 5,000 students sign up for that. We have more partners coming, more opportunities spread. We've seen more people born again. We've seen Muslims born again. We've seen people, people saved, set free all through the internet. We saw amazing things in 2020. It's one of the best years of ministry we've ever had, praise God. I'm telling you, God wants us to live a victorious life. He doesn't want us to draw back. You might say, well, actually, that's okay for you. You've got a ministry. What about like, people with regular jobs? Well, my son Josh worked in Starbucks. Can I say, I guess I can say Starbucks. Anyway, there's like 30, I usually say a coffee shop, but most people guess. There's like 30 Starbucks in Colorado Springs. Okay, he was like, what am I going to do? So he started giving more. I think he doubled his giving at least, but he gave more, he sold extra in church. And guess what happened? They said, we're going to shut down every Starbucks apart from two, and yours is one of them. Then they said to him, a lot of people don't want to work because they're too scared to work. He said, I'll work, so they gave him extra shifts. Then they gave him an extra pay raise because it's like dangerous to work, so they gave him an extra pay raise. <laughs> then, because all the other 28 Starbucks were closed, he had a line out the door all the time, 20, you know, the whole time, so his tips were more. So he had, he had like double or three times what he normally would. Um, this works for minimum wage, this works for any situation, praise God. You put the word, the word works every single time. You have to believe the word, walk by faith and not by sight. The word will work. So I'm telling you right now, church, things have changed. Let's move forward. Let's not worry about the past. Let's not dwell on the past. Let's not always reminisce. It wasn't so great before. And now, you know what, now there's new opportunities. Let's make the most of it. Okay, let's make the most of it. Let's not be dwelling in the past. This isn't your real home anyway. This is temporary. Yeah. This is temporary. You, you belong to heaven. You're ambassadors here. And let's realize God needs us to rise up. Let me finish with this verse. I love this verse here and I'm going to read it in the message paraphrase. In the, in the message paraphrase, it says it this way. This is from 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Talking about the eyes of the Lord going to or fro, looking for people whose hearts are loyal towards him. Well, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 in the message paraphrase says it this way. It says, God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. God needs us to arise right now and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm like that soldier, I'm like that, like that athlete, I'm yours, Lord, however, I'm yours to command, if you like. You know, if we say no, Lord, every time you say no, Lord, that's really an oxymoron, if you think about it. If he's your Lord, we say yes. Now, I love grace, I, I preach the gospel, I preach grace, I preach it's done, you, you don't do anything to earn anything, but because of that, we should be doing more than ever. We should be loving people, and, and you know, as we accept God's love for us, we're going to be loving people. God needs you to rise up in these times. Arise above the turbulence. Don't get caught up in all the craziness that's going on at an earthly level. Arise above that and realize there's a bigger picture here. And there's a great harvest and the workers are few. And it's time for us to love on neighbors, love on friends, and bring hope. We are hope dispensers at the moment. 
And you have hope. Whatever happens in this world, it could get worse. We have hope. You have hope and the world doesn't have that hope. So we should be hope dispensers. We should be living at peace. We should be living at, 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 with, with joy. We should be living with that hope. And we can share that with other people, praise God. And then the, the, we need to be in the Word. More than ever, we need to be Word-focused. You know, in John 1, it says that the Word became flesh. So really, Jesus and the Word are one. It's the voice of God. We need to be in the Word. We need to be trusting the Word. More than ever, you need to be in the Word. You need to be discipled. You're going to get that here at this church. There's Bible studies here. There's extra groups, not just Sunday mornings. Be a part of all that stuff. You can join Power Academy. That's our online deal. You can, whatever it is, you can join a Bible school. You can get involved. Get discipled. Don't just wander around aimlessly. It's time to be trained and equipped at the moment. It's time to be trained and equipped because there's a big harvest out there and the Lord has need of you, praise God, to bring in the harvest. So I'm excited because I believe that these times, it's time for us to rise up and say, you know what, Lord, I'm yours. I want to be used of you. I love you. I've accepted your love for me and I want the world to know how good you are. I want the world to know how much you love them. And Lord, whatever I have to do, if it's go and talk to my neighbour and help them with this, if it's go and bring peace for this person, if it's go and pray for that person, I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm not going to get bogged down with complaining about things. I'm actually going to rise above that and say, Lord, I'm yours. I rejoice. I'm thankful. And I want to do this. And as you do that, praise God, God's going to use you. You're going to see amazing things. It's going to be so powerful. Amen. I want to pray for you because I really believe God's, God's looking for people. Just like he says, that he's on the alert for people. He says, Lord, I'm all yours. I'm yours to command, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Praise God. God's looking for people like that. God's looking for people that are sold out for him that are going to do the word. So if that's you today, if you, and I don't want you to stand just to, you know, because that's what everyone does. I want you to stand if you want to say, God, I'm yours. I want to be all in with this. And whatever happens in the world, Lord, I want to live with an eternal perspective. I want to live, Lord. I want to rise up and live for you. So if that's you, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. The Lord's separating people. There's a separation at the moment. There's a separation of people that walk by faith, that people that love him, people that want to worship him and want to want to bring this hope to the world. We're hope dispensers. And God wants us to bring this hope to the world. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for everyone standing. Lord, I thank you. Lord, we say yes to you, Lord. We say yes, Lord. Lord, we want to we wanna be used of you, Lord. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that we've received, we've received this grace and forgiveness and this mercy. But Lord, we want to be hope dispensers in our communities, Lord. We want to be, be hope dispensers in our families. Lord, we want our families to receive Jesus. We want our communities to receive Jesus. Lord, we want this, this Gastonia to understand the goodness of God. And Lord, you're going to show us ways we can do that. One at a time, one life at a time. Lord, you're such a personal God, Lord. You left 99 to go after that one. And Lord, I believe here there's people that can reach one person. And that one person is going to go and reach one person. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see a community change. We're going to see a, 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 a whole town, a whole county changed by your love, Lord. Lord, would you use us? Lord, we repent of getting took, drawn in to, the, to, the, to the, complain, the complaining and the negativity and, the, and the, everything else, even the politics side of it, Lord. We, we repent of that, Lord. Lord, we want to rise above the turbulence, Lord. We want to be about you and about your business. Lord, we want to be about the Father's business. We want to put the word first, Lord. We want to put you first. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. And we want to be, we want to be heavenly minded, Lord. We want, to, we want to live as ambassadors, representatives of you, Lord, in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, during worship, I just had a picture and it was like um, a banqueting table. And as I approached the banqueting table, it was like, it wasn't just a regular banquet. The table was laden with stuff, but it was kind of disorganized and there was some spoiled food on there. And 
there were some things in there just, you know, that had gone sour and they just, just weren't very appealing. Some things looked good, but as I went to pick it up and bite into it, it just didn't taste good. And, um, and I, I really feel the, the Lord was saying that these are, these are our efforts. These are our self-efforts. This is our striving. This is trying to do things in the flesh. You know, we might have some success. They might look like they have some degree of, of uh, normalcy, but it's not the best. And there are some things on that table that are, are things that are spoiled because of the words that have come out of our mouth. You know, we've spoiled things with the tongue that, that hasn't been tamed, with negativity, with unbelief, with just things that we didn't ever want those hearts. We don't want, want that crop in our life anyway. But here they are, and God just comes along and he sweeps everything off the table. Everything off the table. He says, I want to set before you a banquet, even the face of your enemies. I want you to come to the banqueting table, something that's, that I've put together, that's not of your works, of your flesh. I want to show you, I want to open the windows of heaven. Will you just believe me today? Will you just put your eyes on me today? Will you just put your hope and your expectation in me today? Would you just lean on me to be your strength and to be your guide and to be your wisdom in this world? Would you just trust me to do what I said I was doing? Well, I'm faithful. I'm good. I'm unchanging. I have good things for you. I've got this. I just hear them say, I've got this for you. Will you just let me have it? Thank you, Lord. Right now, Lord, we just give you all of the concerns, all of the worries. Lord, all of the things that we have tried to do through our self-effort, our striving, our self-preservation. Lord, I thank you that you are well able, that you can be trusted, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you will protect us, that you will provide for us, Lord. And right now, we just say with open arms, we want everything that you have for us. Everything that you have for us. Not our own self-effort. And we repent. If we've spoken words that have been negative, Lord, where we've gotten drawn into conversations, into tittle-tattle, into criticism, into things that are, that are bringing breeding fear, if we've been um, harbingers of gossip even, Lord, we repent of those things. We don't want that, that, that sour fruit, that, that, that spoiled rotten food on our cluttering up our banqueting table. We want to have room for every good and perfect thing that you have for us. We want to taste and see just how good you are. We want to see your power in our life. We want to see your healing flowing through our body, touching people around us. We want to see your power flowing through us to the community. Lord, help us to love people like you love us. Help us to receive your love for us so it just cleanses any shadowy, any shadowy places in our heart, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving in this place right now. I really feel like there, there's a place of healing right here. There's a place of healing right here. There's a place of deliverance from anxiety from fear, from, from, from doubt and unbelief. Lord, there's almost, like, I feel like there is someone that's really been struggling with a depression, but the Lord doesn't want you to be, be just taking tablets every day just to stay sane. He's got better for you. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, we take authority over tormenting spirits that have literally tried to attach themselves
ourselves to our family and generations in our, within our household. Right now, we, we speak to that thing and we call it broken in Jesus' name. We say our house, our household will be renowned for, for wealth and prosperity and for health in our flesh. I thank you, Lord, that the promises of God are going to reign unhindered in our households, in our children. And right now, we cut off those lies and those addictions that have tried to plague our household, plague our children and our grandchildren. And right now, we say, well, no, we're the blessed of the Lord. Everything that we touch prospers. We have no lack. We have an abundance for every good work. I thank God this is our new declaration. We're not going to be claiming poverty and sickness and repeating those things anymore. But we're going to be speaking over our households. This is a house of health. This is a house of healing. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, that there is no room for darkness in this temple. But, Lord, your power, your light is flooding us every single part of us right now. what you started. The work that he began in you a year ago, he will see it to completion. You will finish the course. You will cross the finish line. You will last until the end. Thank you, Jesus. He's not called you just to be a finisher, but he's called you to be a, a, to be a starter, but he's called you to be a finisher. A finisher. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And there will be a fulfillment of the things that you believe the Lord for. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we believe and we receive every good and perfect promise that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Thank you, Lord. Give him some praise right now. Just start thanking him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.